This podcast is for alcoholics that have a willingness to recover from their alcoholism by being taught and practicing the principles of the 12 steps as outlined in the big book and the 12 and 12 of Alcoholics Anonymous. My name is Ilya and I am an alcoholic. Page XIII, forward to first edition, first paragraph. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. For them, we hope these pages will prove so convincing that no further authentication will be necessary. We think this account of our experiences will help everyone to better understand the alcoholic. Many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. And besides, we are sure that our way of living has its advantages for all. Page 5 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, Table of Contents, Step 3. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Step 3 is like opening of a locked door. How shall we let God into our lives? Willingness is the key. Dependence is a means to independence. Dangers of self-sufficiency. Turning our will over to higher power. Misuse of willpower. Sustained and personal exertion necessary to conform to God's will. So those are the main talking points of step three. Now we'll turn to 34. And I'm going to read the first full paragraph of the essay. Practicing step three is like the opening of a door which to all appearances is still closed and locked. All we need is a key and the decision to swing the door open. There is only one key, and it is called willingness. Once unlocked by willingness, the door opens almost of itself. And looking through it, we shall see a pathway beside which is an inscription. It reads, this is the way to faith, a faith that works. In the first two steps, we were engaged in reflection. We saw that we were powerless over alcohol, but we also perceive that faith of some kind, if only in AA itself, is possible to anyone. These conclusions did not require action. They required only acceptance. So right in the first paragraph, uh, Bill is putting in writing um, what I've been saying all along, that the first two or three steps um, are reflection, contemplation, uh, and a decision. So what is the, uh, the definition of reflection? The definition of reflection is serious thought or consideration. So in the first two steps, I've been learning about my disease in step one and why my life or that my life is unmanageable and uh, what it is that's unmanageable. If I've read the literature, I know it's my emotional inner nature. Uh, and the second step is the solution that will restore me to soundness of mind. Uh, that required quite a bit of reflection and contemplation and education. 
Um, so now I needed to accept my disease. Uh, do I accept step one? Do I accept this, the problem? Do I accept the solution to this problem? Um, so now uh, I have to have acceptance and willingness to proceed uh, with the rest of the program, which is now to uh, make a decision to do so. So let's read the second paragraph. Like all the remaining steps, step three calls for affirmative action, for it is only by action that we can cut away the self-will, which has always blocked the entry of God, or if you like, a higher power into our lives. Let me stop there for a moment. So like all the remaining steps, okay, which are action steps, step three is a step that calls for affirmative action. So what's the difference between reflection and affirmative action? Well, affirmative action is defined as making a decision to move forward with a plan. So I'm going to decide to move forward with a particular course of action. That's an affirmative action. Uh, it's a declaration to proceed. Uh, so I need to take this action, this affirmative action, in order to cut away the self-will which has blocked the entry of God. All right, well, we talked about in how it works what self-will is, self-will run riot, and how it works in the prior podcast. Listen to that again if you don't know. But uh, this uh, self-will has blocked the entry of my higher power into my life. So what is the definition of blocked? Blocked is obstructed or congested so as to make movement or flow difficult or impossible. So my self-will, if I increase my self-will or inflate my ego in order to overcome the drink problem or the disease, then I'm only fighting fire with fire and I just make the problem worse. Um, and that also increases my unsoundness of mind, which means more insanity. So uh, I don't know how to unblock myself so the entry of God can come into my life. Um, so faith is necessary, as it says next, so we'll read that. Faith, to be sure, is necessary, but faith alone can avail nothing. We can have faith, yet keep God out of our lives. Therefore, our problem now becomes just how and by what specific means shall we be able to let him in. I'm going to stop there. So I can have all the faith in the world. I can get down on my knees and pray every day and go to church and ask God to remove my alcoholism or wish for any other thing I would think I want uh, and nothing will be done even though I believe that there's a higher power and have faith that there's a God. It doesn't work on that basis alone. So it says we can have faith but God is still out of our lives even though we're inviting him in but we're really inviting him in on our terms aren't we? We're not willing to do the rest of the work unless we do uh, steps 4 through 10, 
which is the next sentence. It's underlined in my book. It says, therefore, our problem now becomes just how and what by, by just how and by what specific means shall we be able to let him in? And in the margin, I have written steps four through ten is how to let him in. Those are the steps that remove the blocks from my self-will to God consciousness. So if you look at step 11's off-the-wall step, when I say off-the-wall, I mean what's on the wall in your meeting room. In the 11 and the 12 steps, it says, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. Well, I don't have conscious contact with God until I've done 4 through 10. So I can't skip from step 3 to 11 and expect to have conscious contact with God, let alone improve upon it. And that's where we lose a lot of people in this program. They will do step 1 through 3. They don't even know 3 is a decision. They think they're just handing it over, like giving something to somebody. And then they will be rewarded with all of the benefits and results and promises that come with it. That's not it. Remember, if I decide to take a shower, am I clean? No, I'm not. I've got to do the work to clean. And steps 4 through 10 are the work. Now, it's a lot more difficult and a lot more uh, painful than taking a shower. But the, uh, the metaphor still holds true. The comparison still holds true. So let's read on. Step 3 represents our first attempt to do this. In fact, the effectiveness of the whole AA program will rest upon how well and earnestly we have tried to come to a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. So I have the word a whole circled because that means 12 steps. The whole AA program. Now, remember, people in the rooms passively sit back and with a lot of sympathy in their voice to the, to the poor newcomer, they tell them, oh, just, just take what you like and, what you, and leave the rest, poor dear. Don't, don't worry. You, you can borrow my higher power until you're, until you're okay. I, 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 I don't want to swear on this podcast, but that's total bullcrap. Um, you can't borrow someone else's higher power. Your higher power is unique to you. And you can't use someone else's because no human aid can restore you to sanity. And a, and, a, and, a, and a suggestion such as that is implying that my human aid, uh, if it can't restore you, you can borrow mine, is completely not possible. Um, and the second um, thing we hear is leave the rest and do what you like. Um, well, all right. Well, if... It says here that if I don't do the whole AA program, um, I get half measures, which avail me what? Nothing. So you can't wiggle your way out of this thing by being sincere to do the program, but not really meaning it. Uh, you're being dishonest and you don't even know it. Uh, or you just don't care because your pride and your fear are blocking you from earnestly making this decision. Um, the word earnestly is in here. So if I don't uh, accept that the decision that I'm making and the third step prayer that I'm reciting 
is all 12 steps, and we broke down the third step prayer in the last podcast, then I'm not making a decision to proceed with this program whatsoever. I'm in the delusion that I am. And we learn these delusions in meetings. So the most important sentence um, in this essay is on page 39. If you go towards the bottom of the page, in the second full paragraph, there, very all the way down to the bottom, it says, More sobriety brought about by the admission of alcoholism and by attendance at a few meetings is very good indeed. But it is bound to be a far cry from permanent sobriety and a contented, useful life. That is just where the remaining steps of the AA program come in. Nothing short of continuous action upon these as a way of life can bring the much desired result. People hate when I read that at a meeting. Um, I'll hear this, this, uh, this share from somebody um, that you can take what you like and leave the rest, borrow my higher power, don't worry, you poor dear. Everything will be okay. We're here for you. We'll take care of you from now on. It's just providing the newcomer with exactly what they're seeking. Sympathy and attention. And it gives the newcomer the delusion that all they need to do is go to meetings. And when I read that sentence, you just see the egomania and the anger roll into the body language of the, of the person who tried to share that with as much um, sympathy in their voice turned to straight anger in their eyes. But hey, you know, I'm not here to people please. I'm here to carry this message and I get chastised for it sometimes in the meetings, but that's the way it works when... You're teaching the truth. Um, people don't like the truth. And when you read it right out of the book, it just literally, you know, blows what they just said right out of the water. And I can't really say it any better than myself in that sentence. I mean, you go to some meetings. Um, it's a good start. You know, you hear do 90 and 90. That's nowhere in the book, by the way. But I, I think it's a good thing to go to a lot of meetings when you're new. You know, that's where you need to hear a lot of shares and be a part of uh, the fellowship. I don't see anything wrong with that. But it's a good thing. This book's saying that. But it's a far cry. A far cry from permanent sobriety and a contented, useful life. Now, where did we read that that's what not drinking um, isn't enough. The purpose of this program isn't to just not drink. Okay? Look at the third paragraph of the foreword of the 12 and 12. AA's 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced as a way of life can expel the obsession of drink and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. Well, <laughs> here it says back on page 39, it's a far cry from permanent sobriety and a contented, useful life. Just going to a few meetings. Um, the 12 steps is what the program uh, is, not the fellowship and not other people's opinions and ideas. Um, and it says in the last sentence that nothing short of continuous action 
Well, the action comes now in steps 4 through 12. That's the action. Um, and as long as we do this for the rest of our lives as a way of life, which same thing, can bring the much desired result. So again, you have a choice. You can go to meetings and listen to the naysayers and the people who convolute the program or water it down. Um, they didn't water down their booze, so, but they have no problem watering down this program um, and, and handing it to you. Uh, would you accept that from a bartender, watered down booze? No, you'd throw a fit. So would I. And last thing I would do is pay for that drink. So same thing here. Why should my program be any more different and be handed to me by a, swindly, a swindler in the rooms who doesn't want me to recover or, does, or never read this book? Um, so next time you hear that, read that sentence out of the group. That takes great courage. But um, I suggest that uh, you at least read it for yourself and keep that in the back of your head until you have the courage one day to read it out loud in a meeting. Um, so now we're making a decision to turn our will and our, our life. That confused me, um, as well. So I'm going to touch on what my will is and what my life is exactly. You know, my, I didn't know exactly what my will was. I, I, I understood that my will is the way I want things, um, the way things, uh, I expect and demand to be, but, uh, it takes it to a different level. Uh, when I read the page 37 at the top, it says how persistently we claim the right to decide all by ourselves just what we shall think and just how we shall act. Well, my will is my thinking and how I act is my life. Um, this is a much easier context to understand exactly what I'm turning over to the care of my higher power. So I'm not just putting items and things in my life in a basket and saying, here you go, God, you take it from here. I'm just going to sit back and watch. That is not what that means. It just means that your thinking is what you're asking your higher power to direct. Because what is our thinking? It's stinking thinking. We think negatively. We blame others. We, uh, we have uh, very, very... Uh, vengeful thoughts when people seemingly wrong us. Uh, we're resentful. We're in self-pity. We're jealous uh, and envious. Th this is how we think. Uh, and when we think this way, we, we stay in our disease. We stay sick because that's where your disease wants you is miserable. Your thinking is miserable. So your will is your thinking, if that helps you. And just how we shall act is our life. So I'm not, you know, I thought, oh, I'm giving my life to God. That means I'm going to walk around, uh, you know, in ashes and dust um, on my hands and knees begging for forgiveness for the rest of my life and just, you know, nail me to the cross and put me on display. That is not what my life uh, is. It's not about being servile. Uh, it's about the way I act. Um, we talked uh, in depth about how a thought triggers a behavior and a behavior triggers an action. And if we don't have the ability to, to, uh, to pause and to analyze and then act accordingly, um, we are in our will uh, without even taking the time to think anything through. So when another thing they do in the rooms is they turn the think, think, think sign upside down. 
well, that that's your thinking can't be stopped. Um, you're not stupid. Keep it simple. Stupid doesn't mean you're stupid. Um, the way you think is what's incorrect. So you need to turn that over to the care of your higher power. Doesn't mean that you have to stop thinking. And anyone who suggests just turn it off, just turn your brain off, is 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 requesting the impossible. Um, you can't turn your brain off, but you can change the way you think with the help of your higher power, and the way you act with the help of your higher power. And that's what a psychic change is. Psychic means mental. So you're having a change in the way you think. So your thinking should be right side up. Right now, if anything, it is upside down. So why would you want to keep it upside down? So again, there's some things that have happened um, over the years due to treatment centers and to egomaniac alcoholics who have gotten their will um, in, the, in the rooms um, that have spread into, um, into myths that aren't true. And uh, that's why we have um, some people in there who run a different program than what's in these books. And you're never going to get rid of those people, but you can know uh, what they're saying is incorrect if you know the program. And again, check the Dropbox drive and you'll see the meeting rhetoric versus the what it says in the literature. And it'll take you right to the pages where the meeting rhetoric can be disputed. Um, but like I said, we're getting to a point here where we, you know, we have to have love and tolerance and patience and kindness. And these things take time. You know, I'm not saying that we're going to, you know, nail these people to the wall because we know the program and they won't accept it. What we need to do is, you know, learn the program, practice the program, and then accept everybody who, for who and what they are without getting angry. Um, and that takes a lot more work uh, in the steps to come. So, uh, yes, uh, there are people that uh, say things I don't like, but I don't have to take it to an extreme when I hear it. I can calmly read what the book says, and if they don't like it, then that's their problem. Um, it's not a personality attack, and nor is it crosstalk to um, read something out of the book that contradicts what was shared. Um, you don't have to look at them in the eye when you say it, but the meeting is an open forum, and we're there to discuss uh, the primary purpose is to help another alcoholic to achieve sobriety uh, as it pertains to the literature. And if somebody doesn't want to teach that, and you do, then that's your right as well. They can say what they want, and you can say what you want, as long as you're not pointing your finger at them and attacking their personality. Principles before personality doesn't mean you cower and not speak up when you hear a incorrect principle. Um, and that is just where I'm at in the program. Um, because step one, two, and three are what three steps most people discuss in the meetings. They talk about their problem. They talk about how they can't control their drinking. They discuss, you know, what God is in their opinion. They discuss what the disease is in their opinion, what God is in their opinion. And that turning it over means that you're just handing it over and you're done and you walk away and let God take over from there. That's absolutely all three of those things are incorrect. Um, and the first three steps are no action whatsoever, just reflection and a decision. 
but they're important because why would I decide to do anything if I didn't understand what I was getting into um, now that I'm sober? Uh, so this uh, is the education of the disease, the program, and the, uh, the decision to move forward with the action steps. So I can't really say any more about this, just the fact that we, you know, we have to change our self-will uh, into um, God's will. Uh, and that seems like a daunting task. It seems impossible. We have our own conceptions and ideas still up until this point. But, um, you know, if you're honest and you're open-minded and you're willing, um, all you need to do for now is listen on in the podcast so I can teach you about step four. And I'll upload uh, handouts that will make it easier for you to do step four. And then um, you'll have the uh, hopefully a sponsor by now or then who ex- understands and experiences and, and has experienced these steps that can um, you can do a fifth step with, which is admit everything that we're going to write down on your fourth step to another uh, alcoholic. You know, it doesn't have to be another alcoholic, but I needed another alcoholic just because they understood the disease uh, and they knew what I was trying to accomplish. Um, but we'll get into that when we get into steps four or five um, in the next several podcasts. Uh, so... Um, one other thing that helped me that I just remembered is that uh, there is good news to the fact uh, on page 37 um, it says one uh, the bottom of the la- of the first pair full paragraph one good look in the mirror ought to be answer enough for any alcoholic so actually let's read a little more above that okay after it says just how we shall how how we shall act oh yes we'll weigh the pros and cons of every problem we'll listen politely to those who would advise us but all the decisions are to be ours alone nobody is going to meddle with our personal independence in such matters besides we think there is one no one we could surely trust we are certain that our intelligence backed by willpower can rightly control our inner lives and guarantee us success in the world we live in this brave philosophy wherein each man plays god sounds good in the speaking but it still has to meet the acid test how well does it actually work one good look in the mirror ought to be answer enough for any alcoholic so when i look in the mirror i can realize that i'm looking at the problem i'm the problem you're not the problem. The world's not the problem. I'm the problem. And that's good news. If I'm the problem, then there's a solution to the problem. If you were the problem, there would be no solution. I wouldn't be able to arrest my disease because I would need to control you and to fix you, which the program will teach us that we can't change other people. We can only change ourselves. So if I'm the problem, then my higher power is the solution to that, not another human being. Uh, And that is very good news because if I'm playing God and uh, I depend on my own willpower uh, and the acid test, which is a scientific term for an experiment, isn't working, then um, the more willpower and the more control that I try to, um, to, to put into my inner life the less uh, results I get. In fact, it makes it worse.
So uh, if you've discovered now and you believe now that you're the problem, um, you have a disease, but you're the problem, um, and the higher power is the solution, and more self-righteous willpower is going to get you to where you want to be, um, then you need to continue to suffer um, before you're willing to move forward with the third step decision. Um, and that's again why I say that most alcoholics have to hit that emotional bottom before they're willing to make this decision, even though they may have reflected on step one um, and they believe in a higher power of their understanding, but they refuse to, uh, to turn their, their thinking and their actions over to that higher power. Because if you think about it, what we just read after that is, I'm going to continue to do my own thinking. Thank you very much. I've listened to you and your podcast politely. But uh, I'm going to make my own calls, and I'm going to do what I need to do from here. I'm not making a decision to do anything as far as the rest of this program is concerned. Or I'll take what I like and leave the rest, which we know that that avails us nothing. So we are uh, at that point now where we're ready to move into the action steps. Um, so if you're still listening, um, we're going to move into step four. Um, and I hope that uh, this has been educational. And if even better, I uh, it would be great if, uh, if uh, a chronic alcoholic out there somewhere in the world is listening, has uh, made the decision and has read the first step prayer and decided to sincerely take a uh, the effort to move forward with the rest of the program, then uh, you're on your way. You're on your way. So uh, have a great rest of, the, uh, of, of your weekend. It is a Sunday here, and uh, God bless you all. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference.